So with the winter months coming up, it's a perfect time for hosting climate film screenings, and it creates a great opportunity to engage with members of your community about climate action. So Nicola and Dan will share their tips on organizing in-person and virtual film screenings, attracting an audience, incorporating a film discussion, and post-event follow-up. Nicola was a group leader with my chapter, Grand Traverse Area in Michigan, until moving to Minnesota last summer, where she's now a member of the Minneapolis West Suburbs chapter, and Dan is a Bend, Oregon group leader. Nicola will start things off by sharing best practices she's learned from the many film screenings that she's organized, and then we'll turn it over to Dan, who will speak about how he used these best practices to organize a successful screening and panel discussion for Kiss the Ground. And of course, we'll have time for your questions. We ask that you please use the Q&A feature rather than the chat so that everybody can see the questions and then uh, you'll have an opportunity to upvote your favorites. Okay, Nicola, let's get started. Thank you, Elizabeth. And thank you to the organizers for inviting me to talk about putting on a film screening event. I'm really excited to talk about it. It's one of my big passions to organize these things. Um, so as Elizabeth said, I used to be in a chapter, until this summer I was in a chapter in Northern Michigan. Hi there, Travis City, I think you're out there. Um, so um, I organized about 12 or so film screening events. And so what I'm gonna talk about is what I learned from all of those events. And so that you can put on a film screening and so why would you want to um, organize a film screening? Um, primarily, I do it, well, I do it for lots of reasons. Um, it's educational. So your um, attendees are going to come along with their friends. They're going to eat their popcorn. It's a very relaxed environment. They're going to learn something. It's a community event. It's also a very great, it's a really great opportunity to collaborate with other groups in your area. Um, not just environmental groups. You can um, cast the net wide and um, invite other groups outside of the environmental climate area to um, collaborate and table at your events. It's also a great way to um, engage people in your chapter. Um, so there are lots of moving parts to putting on a film screening. You, so you will use uh, people to write LTEs, you'll need uh, people to bake cookies, you can, uh, you want as many people as possible to invite folk in their networks um, and their, you know, other groups that they might be involved with. And then um, it's a great place for community action. There's something very powerful about being in a room with um, dozens of other people all emailing your member of Congress about a specific bill at the same time. And as um, Van Jones said in his talk earlier, um, uh, we, have, we have power in numbers. And so this is a way to get um, action from a lot of people at the same time. And it's obviously, as we know, more effective if we all communicate with our members of Congress on the same day. Okay, so um, how would you go about planning one of these events? Well, the first thing to do is to choose a film. Um, my, um, so you want to watch a few films and you don't want to put on event if you're uh, an, a film screening if you haven't already seen the film. I like to choose somewhat positive films or at least films that have a sort of positive um, or action items towards the end. 
The other thing you want to consider is your community. So in Northern Michigan, we have a very, um, there's a large winter sports industry and the economy of the region relies on a healthy winter sports industry. And so that we showed the movie um, Saving Snow quite a few times. One of those times was actually at a ski resort. So we were able to uh, make connections and view um, screen that film for people that wouldn't necessarily come to any other CCL events. Um, the other thing that we might consider is our member of Congress. So our member of Congress is ex-military. And so we hosted the film called The Age of Consequences, which is a military film. It's about how climate impacts the military and how the military impact the climate. And um, so we uh, we did that in his uh, his area, his constituency, and um, and so then he he knew that people in his uh, his constituency were uh, concerned about climate in this respect. Okay, so you've chosen your film, and then you want to find your venue. So you can. This is another opportunity to reach out and make uh, build partnerships with uh, people outside CCL. So you can reach out to a playhouse, uh, cinemas, theatres. Those kinds of places often have uh, spots in their calendar to um, show documentaries, and they will often give a reduced rate for the venue to nonprofits like CCL. If that still feels too expensive, you can go to uh, more reasonably priced, cheaper um, venues like libraries, or you could reach out to your local high school and they probably have an environmental group that you could collaborate with on a film screening. So they would provide the venue, the auditorium of the school, and you would provide the film. So you've got your film and you've got your venue, and then you need to think about a license. So CCL have a, um, film guide on the CCL community website and that lists a number of films that they recommend and some of those films they will send to you for free on DVD. Um, if that if the film you want to screen is not on that list you can still do so and you will need to go to the website of the film and it will often have a link to host a screening so then you will fill out a form. Um, Getting um, a license for the film, sometimes you have to pay for it. Sometimes this is covered by grants from the film distributors, but other times you'll have to pay for it. And it's sometimes about two to $300 for one screening. And I wouldn't let this put you off. Um, there are sometimes people in your chapter that aren't very active, that their way of contributing to combating the climate crisis would be to donate funds. And they like to donate um, funds towards things like a film screening. And so just send out a blast email to your group and say, we want to show this film at this venue. Um, would anyone be willing to sponsor this event? Okay, so that might, might um, come up with some um, new connections. Um, the next thing you need to do is to organize some speakers. So this is very important because it's the speakers, the local experts that are going to draw the crowds and they're going to get people to turn out on a cold winter night um, and actually watch the movie and see them speak. And so you want to choose speakers that can talk about the theme in your film. They have a personal perspective or personal stories to tell about the subject matter in the film. Um, I think ideally you might want to choose uh, two external speakers and then have one CCLer 
So the CCL would introduce the or um, introduce the event. They uh, welcome everybody, introduce the film, and then after the film, the CCL might have uh, give a brief talk about what CCL do, and then have a few action items. And then that that CCL would um, introduce the guest speakers, and perhaps you'll have a Q and A, something like that. Um, Something else you might want to do, if your venue has some space, then this is a great chance to in, um, invite other groups to participate. And this will draw people to your event too, because all of those all those other organizations that participate will in, invite their networks of people. And um, this is obviously a good way to uh, make connections with other people. Um, Right, and so then you want to um, include some space before the film screening, but also more time after the film screening so that people can mingle and socialize and visit those tables. Um, and then you, you might want to ask some of your, some other CCL volunteers to provide snacks, just apple cider and donuts or um, something like that. Um, okay, okay, so, one of the most important things about putting on an event is promoting it. So your venue will likely put your event on their personal calendar, but you will need to promote it too. And if you don't promote it, people won't show up. Um, you, the more you promote it, the more people will show up. So um, here are a few ideas of how you could promote um, the event. Um, you want to put it on all your community calendars. That would be for radio and um, newspaper calendars. Um, you can ask some people in your chapter to write letters to the editor and then an action item at the end of that letter to the editor would be come along to our movie screening at this place and this time. Um, something else you need to do is make a poster. Uh, that poster will be for printing and sticking up around town. Um, it will also be used for texting people in your network to invite them and it will be used on social media as well. And then you'll send that poster to everyone that's involved in tabling and um, um, all the speakers, and then they will share that with their, um, their lists. Um, you'll also want to make um, an, um, an event on Facebook and on Eventbrite as, as a way to invite people. And then about a week up until the event, you want to start posting things like um, the trailer to the movie and short pieces about each organization that's either co-hosting or speaking or tabling at the event to get some sort of um, sort of uh, energy going about the leading up to the event. And then obviously you're going to email everyone on your roster to remind them to come along, bring friends. You're going to ask your part partner organizations to do the same. And uh, what's quite important is that you want to send uh, personal invites to all elected officials that you know. So that goes for um, uh, people, members of the school board, your city commissioners, your county commissioners, uh, your members of Congress. And so even if those members of Congress don't turn up to your event, they know that it's happening. They know that their, uh, their voters are in this, concerned about this issue and they're concerned about it because of the specific topic within that movie. And then you might want to invite journalists too. You could do a press release 
but if you know some journalists you can invite them to the event if if you're able to you could meet them before the event and talk to them about the event and they might write a piece leading up to the event as a way of promoting it or they might come along and then write about it afterwards one thing i didn't mention i meant to mention about tabling and the organizations that you invite to table is that you can cast the net wide and um, think broadly about who you're going to help um, ask to invite to table um, we've had social services organizations tabling youth organizations um, refugee organizations a vegan group um, um, military groups depending on the context of your film you can you can um, really branch out Okay, so my goal in putting these films on um, is to, it's not to give people nightmares and keep them up at night, it's to activate them. And so um, what you want to do is either have on a piece of paper or a flyer or something that you give out to everyone, or at least have on your table, or you might talk about a few action items after the movie. You want to have QR codes ready or at least websites so that people can contact their members of Congress about a specific bill that we're advocating for at that time. And you want to have uh, QR codes and links available for people to join CCL. Um, one thing that we did um, was we collaborated with a group that were raising funds for a solar project um, at their school. And so we most of our uh, film screening events have been free, but that one we did ask for a, um, a su suggested donation and all those donations went to a solar project at that school. And so that's another way that people can um, participate in their climate act action. And then you might want to list some community events. These, these could, you know, you could think quite broadly about this. It could be um, something uh, like a tree planting. It could be a composting workshop or a, a plant-based food demonstration or some other things that other groups are organizing. So you're giving people ways to um, get active and um, feel positive and feel empowered to do something about climate. Um, and then, as I said earlier, then you want to have a bit of time before and after your film and your speakers to socialize and to meet everyone at tables, give time, uh, attendees time to visit all the tables. And then um, you have snacks and drinks available. And it's just a, a happy occasion. And so that, you know, people have a good time and then they'll come back to other events that you put on. And then obviously, don't, don't forget to um, thank everybody, thank all the tablers, all the CCLers that have helped, all the speakers and um, the venue. Okay, and in terms of follow-up, you can invite, um, email all your attendees, um, share resources with them and links to websites, um, share your action items with them, share the video if you've made the video, especially for people who weren't able to attend. And then post some of your photos and videos and quotes from the evening um, on social media. Um, and so that wraps it wraps up what I was going to say. I'll just say that if you want help or advice or have any questions about putting on movie screenings, um, you can email me. Um, and now I'm going to pass it over to Dan and he's going to talk about a specific event that he just organized recently. Thanks. I'm Dan Duffy. I'm the group leader for our Bend, Oregon chapter of CCL, and I'm going to walk us through a success story for an event that we recently planned in September. 
And the purpose of this event, uh, so the, the topic of the event was regenerative food and farming. And the purpose was to raise awareness in our community about the power of regenerative agriculture as a solution to address climate change, to improve our food quality, and also to support our local farms. And this was a film screening with a, a discussion with a panel of local experts who work in our food system. And it was held in person at a local brewery called Worthy Brewing. Um, it was organized primarily by our CCL chapter with some support from Worthy Brewing. We had over 100 attendees and the admission was $10 per ticket. So, so how did this, how did, how is this organized? Like how did this map out? So it, it largely did follow the steps that Nicola just outlined, but um, to kind of just walk through it, it started with an idea. We had a, a chapter member uh, come to one of our monthly meetings with an idea for a film screening and uh, a panel discussion. We started to brainstorm about it and get a little, you know, start to come up with some ideas like what film would we show? Um, who's the audience that we want to attract? Um, you know, and, and, and some things like that. And then we started to develop an abstract that got more specific about what is the objective of the film? What is some context around the challenges that are, um, you know, that, that our region faces in terms of agriculture and some of the opportunities? And we started to nail down specifics around the date and the time uh, and the location. And things we were considering were seasonality or, you know, are people traveling during the summer? Um, are the members that want to help available during that time? And then from there, so we settled in on September for a date and we met with the venue that we had in mind and uh, just made sure that they were the right fit and also nailed down some of the specifics. From there, we started to form our panel and that took a couple of weeks to happen and we'll dive more into how that unfolded. Um, and we started developing promotional materials and promoting the event. Uh, as we were getting closer to the event, we were communicating closely with the panel and we did a rehearsal. So uh, we ran through a script. We, uh, the panel members had a few slides they wanted to present and we had a few, um, a few questions that we wanted to address during the Q and A. And then we held the event so that the event was largely successful. We had, um, you know, we had a full house in terms of the audience. Things pretty much went as planned and, and pretty smoothly, like no major hiccups. And we had some, uh, aside from having a good turnout, we had some important people in the audience. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Um, and then after the event, we had, uh, you know, we followed up with a thank you as well as some uh, follow-up resources. So next slide. So why did we choose this film about regenerative farming? Well, for one, it's nice to have a chapter member who has deep expertise in, in a certain topic and has experience hosting that event. So if you have someone in your chapter that has expertise in a certain area and are willing to help with a film, that's probably a good place to start. Definitely something to look into. Um, it will give you a good head start. But besides that, it's a topic that checks a lot of the boxes. So it's educational. It's um, there's a lot of science behind agriculture as well as market dynamics, and the film Kiss the Ground is an entertaining one. It's narrated by Woody Harrelson. It has a very positive, uplifting, uh, uplifting message to it. There's a lot of potential, and it's an engaging topic. Our community 
especially here in, in Oregon, where we have, um, you know, we have a lot of farmland and we're also situated in the high desert. So we're affected a lot by climate. We have a short growing season and we have uh, subject to drought. So every drop of water in our region counts. And it's, you know, food is something that's really important. People are really passionate about it. They wanna know that they're feeding their families good quality food. And people would rather support their local farms than like a large industrial farm that's shipping food across the nation. So, um, so it made for a really good topic. So in choosing the venue, why did we choose this venue? First of all, they're a popular and fun brewery. Um, they are committed to s sustainability. So they grow some of their own food. They try to buy, source their food from local farms when they can. They had the capacity that we were looking for, which was 80 to 100 attendees. We ended up with 115 attendees. It oversold out. They added seats to um, to have some of the attendees, and there was a couple of people standing in the back. So it was uh, probably the about the right fit. We almost could have went bigger on it, but their staff was well organized and professional. They had experience hosting events. They had all the equipment we needed in terms of the screen and audio. They helped us promote the event a bit and they were willing to provide a free drink to every attendee. So what a great bonus. Um, so we would definitely work with them again, but um, you know, uh, explore different options in, for businesses in your community and see uh, what's a right fit for, for the event that you wanna hold. The panel, uh, we wanted to have a wide range of different specialties in the food sector and different perspectives. So. Um, we formed the panel largely by networking. So we started with a certain list of contacts and what happens is some of these contacts either may not be available or they might say, hey, I'm not quite the right person for this, but talk to so-and-so. So there was definitely um, you know, a networking path we took to form the panel that took a few weeks. And in the end, we had uh, well, Klaus was our CCL chapter member moderating, who was sort of like the driving force behind the event. Uh, we also had a local farmer. We had a specialist from the Soil and Water Conservation District, someone from our local food uh, uh, school system, uh, a nutrition program, and a few other uh, nonprofits organizations involved. So it made for the, each each person had unique challenges that they um that they're dealing with and it made for a great discussion and some good collaboration and dialogue between the panelists so we promoted the vet event in a lot of the ways that nicola described um you know we had, we had posters that we you know put up around town community listings online um we did email partner organizations that we work with and they were able to email their chapter lists uh, we had an LTE written and that was published by the local news outlet. In social media, we really got busy on Instagram, which I'll talk about more. And we emailed our members of Congress to notify them about the event, especially given their involvement with the farm bill, as well as uh, being part of the House uh, Agriculture Committee. And we also just talked about it. Like I was talking to all my friends and, and family about it, um, social events, just just kind of hyping it up and people were excited. And, and actually I know several people who attended the event just from mentioning it in person. So social media, this this is a, a fun and impactful one. So our chapter, most of our presence is on, on Instagram. It's a very visual uh, social platform. 
And the first thing we did is post about the event itself and some of the details and just get a couple of posts out there. Then we followed every local farm, brewery, restaurant, and food organization in a region. So the reason it's important to post about the event first is because when you start following those other accounts and you start liking and commenting, they're going to be curious who you are and they're going to go to your account. So if every post that we have is about permitting reform and carbon pricing, farms might not care about that. So they might not follow us back. If they go to our page and they see farming posts and regenerative agriculture and this event, then that gets their attention. They're going to follow us back and they're going to want to hear what we have to say next. So um, so that order is an important one. And then as we started commenting, uh, so now we're seeing what all these farms are doing. They're growing zucchini. This one, they're herding dogs, foot got hurt, like all these things and posting and commenting about it. And then they're engaged with us. And we had some farms repost about our event and say, we just got tickets and we can't wait to attend. So we were getting advocacy from the farms, which was great. And then over time, we just kept posting. And this was a mix of educational humor. We had some posts with videos with celebrities and stuff like that. So tried to make it fun and engaging for, you know, to try to get some attention. We gained 100 followers in the like month leading up to the event. So we really got, yeah, we really able to build up our presence. So then in terms of the audience, we had a US, our US representative staffer attend, US senator staff, our county commissioner, city council members, and our school system nutrition service director. So this, that's quite um, a turnout from our elected officials for this event. And um, we also had CCL members and other organizations, and then a real wide range of professionals. So um, we had farmers, beekeepers, scientists, medical professionals, students, teachers, tech professionals. We had tech professionals asking the farmers on a, uh, on a panelist, how can we help your business in your farm through technology? So it was like some good dialogue there between people with a lot of different backgrounds. So with such a, a large audience and, um, you know, with, with elected officials in, in the audience, it's a great opportunity to introduce CCL and talk about what we're about. So we were fortunate enough to have a videographer at the event. So not for the film itself, but the panel discussion and an intro. So we're gonna show just the first three minute intro um, talking about CCL to just give a sense for what you might say on an intro. Hello and welcome. Thank you all for being here. We've got a, a full house tonight. And uh, thank you, Worthy, for hosting this event. We've got an exciting film that we're going to start in a few minutes. And we've got a fantastic panel here with us tonight. My name is Dan Duffy. I'm a volunteer with Citizens Climate Lobby. We are a nonprofit, nonpartisan grassroots advocacy group and we're focused on national policies to address climate change. I lead our Bend chapter of CCL, which includes volunteers from uh, all across Central Oregon. We'll talk a little more about CCL, but first I have a question for you. How many of you 
have contacted elected officials about something that's really important to you? Wow. Okay, so a lot. We've got a, we've got a zealous bunch here tonight. <laughs> yep. <laughs> if you raised your hand, you've lobbied. Those who have experience with that sort of thing might be comfortable picking up the phone and calling your elected officials, uh, sending them an email, or uh, showing up at a town hall and raising your hand. But most Americans are not. And for those who don't have experience with that, often those folks don't even know how to get started. And this is what CCL specializes in. We help people understand how the political system works and how to turn their passion into action. This means educating people about who their elected officials are, how to contact them, what to say. We help citizens understand what the most effective climate policies are, and we empower them to advocate so they can make a bigger impact than they ever could with their own personal, individual lifestyle choices although those are important too. So what does advocacy look like? It means tabling at local events and having conversations with people in our community, writing into local news outlets to raise awareness about key issues, and meeting with our members of Congress in person. In June, I had the privilege of going to DC to meet with our representatives and their staffers to educate them on key climate policies that are on their desk and to build a relationship. And no, I didn't just show up and knock on their door. This was organized by CCL. We had 900 volunteers from across the nation meeting with their representatives for their respective districts. And the photo on the right here, these are uh, a group, our group of Oregon CCLers from across the state from all different backgrounds, including Elizabeth, a farmer from Beaver Creek who has been directly impacted by climate change and she, she wanted to speak with a representative about this. This experience of going to DC was one of the most empowering experiences of my life. So what solutions does CCL advocate for? There are many high impact policies that we, we advocate for and a big part of the climate picture is our nature-based solutions like agriculture. The way we steward our lands and our ecosystems. And that's what our discussion tonight is about. And with that, let's get started with the film. Thank you. Okay, so, um, you know, short and sweet. And, you know, the, it was really only a three minute intro, but just gave a, you know, an overview of what CCL is about. And the rest of the event was more focused on the topic at hand, which is the agriculture and the film. Um, but it, you know, it, it let the audience know about CCL and, and you know, can drive some interest. So. Um, one more quick slide, and then we want to get to Q&A and, and hear uh, some of the questions that you've got. Sorry. Yep. Hello and Next welcome. Slide, please. Yep, thank you. Um, so if you can, get a videographer. We tried to pull this together last minute, and thankfully we had someone not only offer to do it, but they did it for free, given the nature of the, the topic. And um, plan for social time. So. Um, you know, I would say at least an hour. We only had half an hour, it wasn't enough. I would go more, at least an hour beforehand and maybe some time after. Consider charging a fee, not just 
to raise money for your chapter, but it can increase turnout rate. People are invested in the event if they pay something, so they're more likely to actually show up. Make sure you get several volunteers to help out. It takes a village. Um, in terms of don'ts, I was spitting into the microphone the whole time and it sounded weird. So just make sure you keep some distance from the microphone. Um, don't sell tickets online and in person at the same time, just before the event. That almost got messy. Try to serve food and drinks in, uh, try not to serve food and drinks in plasticware if you can. It's a uh, bad look and bad for the environment. And uh, not everyone in the audience is digital savvy. So make sure there's options to sign up via pen and paper and pay with cash. And don't underestimate the amount of time and effort it takes to organize the events. There's a lot that goes into it. It takes a, a team of folks who are committed um, you know, for several weeks, if not a couple of months to pull this together. So, um, so any other questions, please just ask. And um, uh, yeah, uh, let's go to the Q&A section. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Dan and Nicola. That was great. Some great tips. And uh, I love that we had that specific example to share of a recent event, Dan, and the, the intro that you provided for that was really great. So I wanted to make sure people saw that. Um, so I'm sure I will get to questions and answers right now. And one question is, um, you talked all these events that um, we're focusing on were more related to live events, but what about um, online events, doing some events by, by Zoom? Any thoughts on that, experience on that, Nicola? Um, yeah, we, um, well, yeah, I, we organized a screening of The Territory, um, which is a film about rainforests in Brazil and the indigenous community there. Um, we showed that virtually and my goal for that one was really to show it throughout Michigan so that people that liked the film uh, show it throughout Michigan to CCLers and then anyone that wanted to that felt passionately about that film could then host an in-person event in their city or, or area. Um, obviously, the advantage of doing virtual events is that you can have guest speakers from far afield. So um, during the pandemic, we we didn't actually host the film, but we did encourage people to watch Kiss the Ground. And then we had a whole array of panelists. So it was a panel discussion for an hour and a half. Um, we were able to get a lot of regenerative farmers to that. And one of those was Gabe Brown from the film, which was very exciting. So, um, yeah virtual events, they're easier. In my experience, they're much easier to organize actually than in person. Yeah, great. Um, and um, related a little bit, Nicola, to this is uh, Marianne is asking for an idea of a film that relates to the Healthy Forest Initiative. Um, well, yeah, uh, the ter I'd recommend The Territory. I really like that film. Um, you, I, I'm not sure how you would watch it, but it's on the list of films that are available from CCL on the film guide. And then I suppose Healthy Forest, the regenerative farming one, so Kiss the Ground. And then there's a follow-up film called Common Grounds that the Kiss the Ground people have just released and they are looking for places to um, show that movie. So there's a few options, yeah. Yeah, okay, thanks. And um Dan, um, do you want to talk a little bit more? Mike is asking about the timeline for the planning of the event. And I, I guess, yeah, more about the timeline. Yeah, so you want to generally start promoting the event at least a month out. 
like that's a pretty good timeline to just make sure that you're going to be able to fill seats and um, get in all the different outlets that you're going to be promoting the event on. And then you're going to need some time before that to make sure you have all the details now nailed down. So I would say overall, from the time you develop the solid plan till the event, usually somewhere about two months. So a few weeks to do the planning and then a, a, about a month to do the promotion. So that that was our experience that worked out pretty well. Okay, good. Um, and, you know, I think, Dan, that you showed a version of Kiss the Ground that was like maybe an educational version. Maybe it was shorter than the full length. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, it was, so it was the 45-minute educational version. So for the purpose of like having such a large audience and making time for a discussion, we didn't want to show like an hour and a half film. So we did the shorter one and that was enough to just get our message across and also make the time for that dialogue. Yeah, I know, uh, Nicola, with some of the movies that that we planned with our chapter, um, that was a concern, you know, having a film that was too long. Oh, is it too long? And then also have a discussion afterward. And so that can be kind of tricky. So it's good to watch out. Does any do either of you have a sense about maybe the maximum length of a film that you might want to show at the same time as having uh, a panel discussion or any kind of a discussion, even if it's just amongst the folks who are there. Um, there are some, there are plenty of films that are about an hour and 15 minutes. And that's why I restrict my speakers to usually two and then a CCL. -er. But I think it's great what Dan did and opt for the 45 minute version, because as I said in my little talk, um, the speakers are what people come out to see. And so if you can get more speakers in a shorter film, that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Okay. With the um, panel of, uh, sorry, I was just gonna say, with, with the panel of six, like we, that's, you know, part of the reason why we only did 45 minutes, but we, even with that, the panel members had five minutes each, which is not a lot of time. And then there was Q and A after that. So I guess it depends on the panel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sure. And Mindy is asking if you recommend finding a venue that will show the film for free to the audience, or does it work to partner with a theater that charges a regular ticket price? I don't know if either of you have done that. Um, I have never, um, we, all of our movies have been free and um, we have paid a venue um, to show it there, show at the theater or um, cinema. So um i i don't know i guess i've never tried it i've never tried charging a fee well in our case we were able to charge the fee and there was no charge from the venue so i mean we had some promotional costs but um the venue actually sort of paid the attendees in a way to so they chipped in for the the free drink and um so we really lucked out with that but i'm sure that's not always going to be the case <laughs> yeah, that's lucky. Um, yep. I do recall a chapter that did did work with a theater, you know, one of the larger theater chains to screen a film a number of years ago. I can't think of the film now. So it is something that I've heard of other chapters um, doing and whether it's easier or not, I don't know, but it's, it's definitely an option for folks to, to look into. Um, 
And then uh, somebody is asking if uh, Jeffrey is, if Eventbrite, if you have any opinions about Eventbrite versus using Meetup, I don't know if um, either of you are familiar with that. I'm not aware of using Meetup, I guess, as um, like a ticket selling, but I'm not that familiar with it. Um, sometimes I've collaborated with other groups that have Meetup. Um um sites so yeah we have used that but usually i just make events in eventbrite and on facebook we've just used eventbrite mm -hmm. so okay thanks um so what about um have you run into you know bumps what happens when have you run into some hiccup? I know Dan you mentioned that things went pretty smoothly but um if either of you both of you can share stories or examples of some hiccups that may have come along. Um, I have a story. Um, so about a year ago, I was organizing a screening and I was so I was prepared about six weeks in advance. I had my my film license that I'd sent. I sent the link because it was um, a streaming license. So I sent the link to the um, tech person at the Playhouse. And I had my speakers and my tablers. And then the day before the event, um, I was emailing everyone to make sure everything was organized, the tablers, the speakers, the um, active CCLers that were helping. And then I emailed the tech person and he said, oh, the link was working, but now it's not. So <laughs> I had to scramble at the last minute to uh, contact the film distributors and get them to extend they, I think they had allowed it for a week or two and then it had expired. And so um, everything, it turned out fine, but I was panicking for about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Dan? Any bumps in the road? Just a couple of little things. So uh, the day of the event, we received messages from some of the chapter members that were gonna help with um, sign in and, and seating people that they were sick and could not attend. So. Um, we had to hit up our chapter roster and see if anyone else could fill in. And luckily we had a few people say they were willing to help. So they came to the rescue. So nice to have, you know, good volunteers step up. And um, we also, when the, the venue added some more seats than we expected, we had open, reopened the um, ticket sales. And what happened was people were buying tickets online right before the event and in person. So we started losing track of how many seats were left. And we realized like, this is a problem. We've got to just stop the online sales and make sure we keep this like really manageable. So we didn't in the end run into trouble, but it could have been a problem. So. Okay. Worked good. Out. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, we are just about out of time here. So just want to, um, thank our presenters again, Nicola and Dan, so much for your time and for all of the things that you do on behalf of CCL. And um, we've got the closing session is coming up. Um, and I think we are ready to, to close out this session. Thank you all for attending. And thanks again, Nicola and Dan. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you all. Thank you for listening to this episode of Citizens Climate Lobby's training program. You can tune into more episodes anywhere podcasts are available. Inspired by what you heard today? Join Citizens Climate Lobby to advocate for bipartisan climate solutions. Go to community.citizensclimate.org to find more trainings, resources, your local chapter, 
national action teams, discussion forums, and more. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Citizens Climate. We also invite all of our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more inspiration. Like what you hear? Recommend us to your friends and make sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us show up on other listeners' feeds. Feel free to pass on any suggestions for future episodes in the comments as well. And together, we are creating the political will for a livable world.